Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back. George Norrie with you. William Peters, our guest. He's back with us. Founded the Shared Crossing Project to raise awareness about the profound and healing experiences that are possible for the dying and their loved ones at the end of life. He is a marriage and family therapist at the Family Therapy Institute of Santa Barbara, holds a degree with a focus in group dynamics from the Harvard Graduate School of Education. William directs the Shared Crossing Research Initiative. It is the first research-based program designed to examine the causes of strategies for enabling the shared death experience. His book is called At Heaven's Door. He was last with us back in March of last year. William, welcome back. How have you been? Hey, George. Thanks to have me. Thank you for having me, and it's good to be back, and I'm doing well. Excellent. How did you get involved in the shared death experience? Was that that episode I just mentioned? Well, that was the first full-blown shared death experience I had. However, I will tell you that when I worked with uh, persons essentially dying from AIDS, you know, in San Francisco in the late 80s, early 90s, I was hearing about these experiences because I was a social worker at that time. And because the way that this community of men were dying, they were very close to one another, and they just had these deep relationships during the dying process that seems to facilitate the shared death experience. So I, I heard a lot about these experiences. And since I'd had uh, a near-death experience before this work, and in fact, I had a second near-death experience after working with this uh, AIDS population, I was very open and very receptive. So when I heard about these experiences, I was very curious and I was very supportive, and that led more and more people uh, in that community to seek me out for affirmation. 
I know, said in the back, you've got some uh, incredible people who have endorsed your book, including our dear friend, Dr. Raymond Moody, one of the best, isn't he? Oh, Raymond's spectacular, and his support in the early days of our research uh, was phenomenal. I mean, it really helped uh, get the word out, connect us with the right people, and it launched our research project, uh, which today is, is the largest, most respected uh, organization studying the shared death experience. And explain what a shared death experience is, William. Yeah, so... A shared death experience occurs when somebody's dying and a caregiver, loved one, sometimes even just a bystander will express that they feel like they shared in the journey from this human life into the afterlife with this dying loved one. So as in a sense, they hitch a ride with the dying across the threshold into this next dimension, which we, you know, call the afterlife. And people will refer to this, I should say the experiencers will say it was a glorious or beautiful or awe-inspiring afterlife. When they refer to this place that they see their loved ones going and they experience it with them, they don't have the word. So you, if you see the way I'm describing this now, it is identical in terms of phenomena as the, as the near-death experience. So if you understand the NDE, you will understand the SDE because you know, Raymond and I have talked numerous times about this. It's that way because we're looking at the same landscape, the same geography that comes right after uh, a human death. Is a shared death experience, William, enlightening to the person who lives, or is it scary? Uh, it is. We, you know, we have over 250 deeply analyzed accounts, and we only have a handful that would, I could say like a half dozen, where they would say anything that would be what you might want to call, we call it uh, a distressing SDE. And it's distressing because they just have no way of processing the event. Or here's the, here's the most distressing SDE we have. When the experiencer feels or connects so deeply to the experience of the person transitioning, they'll have, we have cases where let's say the dying had a heart attack. Or a, or a drug overdose, mm -hmm. they will have an empathic connection, it appears, because we'll have those so, same symptoms. So what happens often is someone will call and say, hey, I've got to share this experience. My niece was dying of a fentanyl overdose, and at the same time, I was uh, sweating, I was vomiting, I was, uh, my, you know, I have my convulsions in my abdomen, and I blanked out, and it passed. They, but they say that when they were having this, they were very scared. When they learn later about our research, that is, that suggests that, oh, if you have a loved one who is having a distressing, traumatic end-of-life experience, a death, then you may empathically connect with it. Those are the only distressing SDEs we have. And, and when you recast them for the experiencer, 
they'll come back and say, oh my gosh, now I get it. It feels like my dying loved one was reaching out to me mm-hmm. to say goodbye or to share or do some, something on the level of connection. But to be clear, those are, those are less than, you know, we have maybe a half dozen um, of those. Uh, maximum would be 10 or so. But most of them are overwhelmingly transformative experiences for the better. We hear the most common uh, after effect would be, I know my loved one is alive and well. I know that we'll be reunited again. I know that there's nothing to fear about death. And they'll say, I feel like this experience has awakened in me these intuitive, psychic, spiritual capacities. And so they're... Uh, and and their, their anxiety around death, it not only just is alleviated, people get curious and drawn to get closer to death, to learn more about it, to be with people who are going through that experience. So it's wholly transformative in a positive way. So it comforts them more than anything, doesn't it? Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the best term, actually, George, is that the SDE is comforting um, because one data point in particular, and that is this, 51% of our experiencers report that they see the dying in the transition and they see that they're alive and well, and this so comforts them, assuages uh, their sense of loss. We all grieve when we lose a loved one, but when you have the SDE, you have a, a much larger context to cushion the loss, so it's incredibly affirming and comforting. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Our guest is William Peters. His book is At Heaven's Door. His website is linked up at coasttocoastam.com. Give us a few examples of other people's shared death experiences, William. Sure. Uh, I'm going to share one that's been on my mind since I I heard it. Now, believe it or not, I heard this a case almost six months ago. But it so struck me because it speaks to a type of SDE in which an elevated being appears. And I've identified this being and named it as the conductor. And the conductor has this role, it appears, of uh, transitioning soul, spirits, consciousnesses of human beings from the human existence into the afterlife. And it is a role it appears to be a role because when the conductor appears, it it has a, a type of personality, if you will. It it can be it can appear in a lot of different roles. In other words, it can be uh, a, a lovely um, woman, angelic. It can be a, a majestic uh, male type figure that can be commanding, even look like a military figure. But every time it appears. It has a sense of purpose, a sense of intensity, a sense of focus, and it seems like it's organizing uh, a variety of, if you would say, like elements that are important to create a, an easy passing for the dying. And so it can be directive, even saying to the shared death experiencer, uh, Stand back if it's you know if the shared death experiencer is in the room with the person dying or at bedside, it the the conductor can often be in relationship with the shared death experiencer, telling them what to do, what not to do. Some will report that the conductor even puts them to sleep in a certain way and then wakes them up at certain times. So I'm going to give an example, okay. uh, and this comes from Gloria K. And so Gloria has a. Um, her husband is dying, and her husband and and her have talked quite a bit about what they want from death. And her husband has said to her, he's dying of cancer, he says, I want to show you uh, everything I can about what death is, and I want to bring you along with me. So they have a kind of death compact, which um, is, is important because... We feel that these agreements that the dying and the surviving loved ones make can help enable the SDE. And there's a whole lot of research on that if you, you know, go back to the 
Society for Cyclical Research in the late 1800s, there were the early researchers, you know, Myers in particular, talked about the importance of death compacts bringing about apparitions and connections between the dying and uh, their surviving loved ones. In this case, Gloria had this with her husband. So about four or five days before her husband dies, he's on, a, on hospice, in, you know, in the hospice, hospital bed, in the living room. She's in the kitchen, which is adjacent. And it's nighttime, and all of a sudden she describes this being appears between her in the kitchen and her husband in the hospice bed. And he is large, like an oversized being that actually has to duck to move through um, a doorway, which he does. And she refers to him as the tall one. And she says, it was like the tall one had a light emanating from within him. So he shows up four or five days before Gloria's husband dies and really doesn't so much communicate directly with Gloria, but Gloria knows that he knows, the tall one knows that she's there. So he does eventually do certain things to her, like he draws her into the room to get closer to her husband. He actually, he, Gloria says, it's like he was protecting her husband in a certain way in which she knew that she shouldn't be close or she could get close. He one time let her know that her husband's death was close at hand, so he brought her close. And then, strangely, she says, he kind of knocked me out. I kind of was trying to stay awake, trying to stay awake, and I just felt this overwhelming sleepiness come over me, and I just went to sleep. But then I woke up right at the time when he was about to pass. And in her own language, she says, it was like he was giving me some rest so that he could do some work energetically to prepare the space, if you will, but also give me some rest so that I could be awake and alert for uh, this period of passing. And then as she awakes, she's there with him for a while. And as she'll also say, boy, it was, t it was difficult to talk about time in this space because it was a different time space to mention. But she does say she remembers this kind of space opening up above uh, her husband's bed, a, a, a vortex of, 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 of sorts that was both confusing a bit, disorienting, but very clear that that's where her husband was going. And she watched her husband go up this energetic vortex above um, his bed. And the tall one, the conductor, was managing the entire process wow. and eventually acknowledged to her that the it was time he was going and in his, in his own way, uh, be careful here because it, there, the, the conductor is always primarily focused on the dying and in some cases communicates as needed with the surviving loved one, with the caregiver loved one, and in this case, kind of standard, gave some acknowledgement to her and then was off with um, her husband into the afterlife and disappeared. Always ascension. We see this, this direction of ascending upwards 
in the SDE. So there's a, a really profound example. I mean, I'm just kind of summarizing it that really got me focused on this question. Is there uh, a guide, like I call it the conductor, mm-hmm. that manages this transition for us? And now I'm going back with my team to look over all of our 250 cases and we're, we're seeing it. You know, we didn't really, George, we didn't know how to ask that question in the initial stages of our first 150 uh, research participants, but now we're on it and we're going back and we're seeing in a higher prevalence. And when we ask, people will say, we'll say, hey, by any chance did you feel any presences, any, um, you know, any beings that might have been there to facilitate this transition? And people will sometimes say, oh, it's so funny that you ask. I felt this presence. And here's an important thing, George. Sometimes the conductor is visible and seen, and sometimes it's felt and sensed. And people will say, I felt this force that was kind of communicating to me, but I could definitely feel that this force uh, was in relationship with my dying loved one. How far into the shared death experience is that person taken? I mean, does it get to the point where if there's a heaven and hell and that person, the dying, is in there. Does that person go along with that, or, or does it just get to a certain point? Yeah, this is, um, I love this question, because, you know, when we, when we look at the NDE, what you hear over and over again is people, you know, starting with an out-of-body experience, going into heavenly realms, maybe there's a, a life review, you might see deceased relatives, maybe an elevated spirit being, you might move through a tunnel, you're always heading for a light. And the near-death experiencer will, will say sometimes they go into the light. Near-death experiencers do not come out the other side of the light. They either go into the light but they always, they, they always come back. In the shared death experience, it's very similar. So you'll have a series of experiences. The most profound one is that the, the SD-ear will see the dying and more often than not will witness the dying move through this um, afterlife space. Mm-hmm. The same phenomenon that you see in the NDE. The light seems to be the boundary. The SDEer will watch the dying enter the light, and once they enter the light and they don't see them anymore, they are almost immediately they return to their body. Uh, so it seems like this space that the SDE takes place in is the initial stages of the afterlife. And the light seems to be the boundary between the initial stages of the afterlife and those next dimensions. Nobody in the SDE goes into the light and goes to the other side or stays there very long. They may be, you know, dwelling in the light for a little bit, but everybody talks about, I was in the light, and that is the last stage. If you go into the light, there's not too much more phenomena after that in in 99% of our cases. So the light is the boundary between the initial stages of the afterlife and the other stages of the afterlife, which, you know, we can talk about, but that's a that's a whole nother field, if you will. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. 
Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 